This is Under Review, the show that talks about Colorado sports with a sprinkling of national sports stories as well. I'm Jordan Long. The Denver Broncos have started 0-2 to start the season. This is not what I expected as a Denver Broncos fan. I thought they would be 1-1 or at best case 2-0, but they're 0-2. As a Broncos fan, it's very frustrating. Look at the first two games. The Raiders game was a one-point loss. Washington last week, I know there might have been, you know, pass interference on the two-point conversion, but they lost by two points. That's a total of three points in the two losses. So you're looking at it, they could have won, but the fact of the matter is, is they're 0-2 with two losses by three points. We can sit here and blame the offense. It's really been a tale of two halves for the Broncos this season. I'm talking about two halves in total. In the first half, they're outscoring opponents 34-24. So you're looking at the first half. They're outscoring opponents 34-24. to And in fact, they have had leads in those two games going into halftime. In the second half, the offense isn't the same. It's mostly punts. Now, they don't make great halftime adjustments on both sides of the ball. They figure, hey, you know what? It's working, so let's keep at it. But it doesn't. Denver, if you look at the second half, has been outscored 28-15 to in the second half. That is why they are 0-2. They can't finish games. People are pointing the finger at John Payton and the Broncos' offense. The offense, though, shouldn't be blamed. Look at their stats. 16th in total yards, averaging 329.5 yards per game. Through the air, they're at 221.5 yards per game. 13th in the league. Running the football, and I was surprised that they were actually this good because it doesn't seem their run game is going. They're running the football at 108 yards per game. 14th in the league. Scoring-wise, 15th in the league, scoring 24.5 points per game. I'm going to repeat all these numbers. The offense is averaging 329.5 yards per game, 16th in the league. Through the air, they gain 221.5 yards per game, 13th in the league. Running the football, 14th in the league, averaging 108 yards per game, and they score 24.5 points per game. 15th in the league. I know it's early, but the offense isn't the main problem. The problem is, for Denver, is the defense. Now, the defensive coordinator is Vance Joseph. Denver hired Vance Joseph in the offseason. I thought this was a perplexing move. Vance Joseph had been the Broncos head coach before. Now, that's not why I thought they shouldn't hire him. But if you look at him as a head coach in Denver... It was from 2017 to 2018. His record was poor at 11 wins and 21 losses. That isn't the reason why it was a bad hire. Look at last year when he was the defensive coordinator for Arizona. Now, Arizona's defense wasn't good. They were 21st last year in total yards, allowing 348.9 yards per game. 24th in the league when opponents passed, permitting 230.3 yards per game. They were second to last in scoring. Team scored 26.4 points per game on the Arizona defense. I don't understand why Sean Payton thought this guy deserved the job. His first choice, though, was Vic Fangio. I get it. 
Fangio is a better defensive coordinator than Vance Joseph. Well, you know, it came down to should Fangio go to Miami or go to Denver? Well, he decided to go to Miami. And by the way, the Dolphins are the Broncos' opponents this Sunday. The Broncos were stuck with their second choice in Vance Joseph. I expected the Broncos' defense to be so much better than they are. And week one, they didn't seem to put a lot of pressure on Raiders quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. It really looked like his jersey was nice and clean with not many grass stains. They did better in week two against Washington. Denver sacked Washington's quarterback Sam Howell four times. Even so, the Broncos' defense has been gashed. They're giving up way too many explosive plays. The Broncos are 15th in total defense, giving up 324.5 yards per game, 22nd in passing yards as opponents throw for 233 yards. Denver isn't stopping opponents from scoring, giving up 26 points per game, 23rd in the league. The only bright spot, though, I can say about this defense is stopping the run. Teams are having a difficult time running the football. Denver permits 91.5 yards per game on the ground, 11th in the league. Those are not great numbers. Again, 15th in total defense, giving up 324.5 yards per game, 22nd in passing yards as opponents throw for 233 yards. Again, scoring-wise, they're giving up 26 points per game. The Broncos know they need to improve on defense, and it starts with Vance Joseph. He's the one calling plays. I get it, and it's not time to panic since it's only two games into the season. The year isn't lost yet. I just don't like that the defense hasn't shown me much to stop teams, especially in the second half. That's where you win and lose ballgames is in the second half, and they're not stopping opponents in the second half. If Denver keeps struggling on defense, depending on their record, Vance Joseph may have to go. Then again, it's no time to panic because it's two games into the year. There's still time to flip the season and for the defense to improve, but it has to start this Sunday against the Miami Dolphins. We're going to move on to college football here in the state of Colorado. There was one great game here in the state of Colorado last week. It was Colorado versus Colorado State for the Rocky Mountain Showdown. Now, this is a great game because I'm always looking forward to it because it's Colorado State versus Colorado. Now, for those of you that don't understand the Rocky Mountain Showdown, the University of Colorado is basically the big brother to Colorado State. Now, Colorado State is always looking to beat them. The reason why they're the big brothers, University of Colorado, is because they play in a pack in the Pac-12 conference, which is a big five conference, Colorado State is not. They're in, the, they're in the Mountain West Conference. So if you look at that, they always want to beat the University of Colorado. That is Colorado State. Now, this should have been remembered as one of the best games in the Rocky Mountain Showdown. The final was 43-35 in double overtime for the University of Colorado. It might have been the best Rocky Mountain Showdown of all time. Well, it's remembered for something else. Colorado has a player, if you don't know this guy, learn his name. It's a player who plays both sides of the ball, Travis Hunter. Hunter is the Buffs' third-leading receiver with 213 receiving yards. On defense, he's their starting cornerback. 
and that is cornerback, not to get confused with quarterback. He has nine tackles, two passes defended, and one interception. Well, he didn't finish the game last week. In the first quarter, for those of you that didn't watch, Shador Sanders was looking for him. The pass was clearly overthrown, but there was a there was a penalty. And the reason why there was a penalty is because Colorado State's Harry Henry, I should say Henry Blackburn, hit Hunter way late. It drew a penalty. Penalty. Now, do I think Blackburn should have been ejected from the game for his actions? Yes. But I can understand why, you know, he wasn't because it was a football hit. It wasn't helmet to helmet. It was not targeting. But, in fact, he hit him late. I mean, the ball was at least two seconds overthrown from Travis Hunter. He took two steps and nailed him. Now, do I think it should have been an ejection? Of course I should have. But the problem is Blackburn didn't leave with his helmet or hit Hunter in the helmet. So he couldn't have called targeting. So, yes, it looked like targeting, but it wasn't because there was no helmet to helmet. Hunter left the game is and now is out for a few games with a lacerated liver for Blackburn. And this is where sports gets taken too seriously. Somebody thought it was okay, and this is never okay. It was okay to publish his cell phone number on the Internet. It was not only his cell phone number, but his mother's cell phone as well. Not only that, it went even further than that. That's just bad, but this is even worse. Blackburn's campus address and his family home address also got published. Published, I should say. Now his family and him are receiving death threats. Well, of course they are because some idiot decided it was okay to publish his cell phone, his mother's cell phone, the address he's staying, and his mother's address. It's just stupid. Now, this is taking the game way too far. Even the head coach of the University of Colorado Buffalo said this. He said, quote, Henry Blackburn is a great player who played a phenomenal game. He made a tremendous hit on Travis on the sideline. You could call it dirty. You could call it. He was just playing the game of football. But whatever it was, it does not constitute that he should be receiving death threats, end quote. All Blackburn did was play the game of football, and I agree with Coach Prime. He was playing the game. That's part of the game is hitting people. Yes, it was late. Should he have been ejected? Yes. But the fact of the matter was he was making a football player, or at least he thought, yes, you could call it dirty. But in the end, it shouldn't have come to this point. Sure, it was an, an unnecessary hit, and it took Hunter out of the game. But in the end, Football is a game. You can't take it that seriously. Whoever called Blackburn on his mom's cell phone or texted him or sent him something in the mail was just called. You cannot do that. It's a game, a game for entertainment. It should never get to that point. People who do that shouldn't be able to watch sports again if that's how they act. That's how I truly feel because that was unnecessary. Now we're going to move on to my NFL picks of the week. We're going to start with the Eagles versus the Buccaneers. Both teams come in at 2-0. The Eagles are a five-point favorite. I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know if I can trust the Buccaneers at this point. So the Eagles, I can, and they get the victory. The Buffalo Bills versus the Washington Commanders. The Bills are a six-point favorite. Washington has been a surprise so far at 2-0, but their streak ends this week. 
The Bills win in a close one. Saints at Packers. Green Bay is a one-point favorite. To me, it comes down to Jordan Love and protecting the football. I think if he protects the football, the Packers win, and I expect that as they get the victory in a close game. Steelers versus Raiders. The Raiders are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I expect a close game, but the Steelers get it done. Finally, Falcons versus Lions. The Lions are a three-point favorite. I'm going with the Lions. My picks again. Eagles versus Buccaneers. Give me the Philadelphia Eagles. Buffalo versus Washington. Buffalo. Saints versus Packers. Green Bay Packers. Steelers versus Raiders. Give me the Las Vegas Raiders. Falcons versus Lions. I'm going with the Lions. I'm Jordan Long. Thank you for watching this edition of Under Review. Follow me on Twitter at SportsScoop1 and read my blog that I write Monday through Fridays at SportsScoop.com. So again, I have a blog that I write Monday through Fridays at Sports-Scoop.com as well as follow me on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it at SportsScoop1. Thank you for watching this edition of Under Review. Have a great day, and I will catch you next time here on Under Review.